Oh. Oh. Sorry. Didn't see you guys there. I was trying to maintain a light in that. Anyway, the best part of doing a podcast is when my social media replies get too long, I just make them into a podcast script. That way, people have a harder time misattributing statements to me. I can be like, well, yeah, I did say that, but you didn't listen to the 12-minute mark where I explained the context. I like having things on record. This is Red Leg Revolution, a show about community. And a great way to build community is by acknowledging our privileges and using our privilege to equalize the world for those less privileged. We also build community by sharing information about what works for us. But that's a tricky line to walk if we don't acknowledge the privilege that helped us. Sounds confusing? That's because it is. Because it's life, and life is a confusing motherfucker. So, I originally came across the meme I'm going to talk about today, about two months ago. But as I was scrolling last night, I came across the General Strike Facebook page reposting it and saw a lot of people arguing with the original author of the tweet that they posted, and we're going to get into here. And I had incidentally already had this script written from having the exact same interactions with people in my social media circles when I posted that tweet, uh, like, like I said, like a month and a half ago. I subsequently sat on this podcast script because the person I was dating at the time would have taken offense, in fact, was one of the people that took offense when I reposted it, so I was holding off for the sake of my relationship. Well, <laughs> we broke up, so I want to make it clear, though, this isn't me trying to take pot shots at her, more at people who refuse to acknowledge the privilege. Uh, inherent to the subject today. Speaking of the subject today, let's let's get into it. So, last night, as I was half asleep doom scrolling, I came across a meme that made me go, huh. And as the Pledge of the Ship poster, Meme Lord, Catboy, and Joint Roller Union says, quote, I shall reshare memes that make me go, huh, end quote. Look, I don't want to get brought up on union charges, right? So I clicked reshare with the side eye emoji as my only commentary. I didn't make any further comments on it as I was half asleep and nowhere near coherent enough to write what I felt, but more importantly, I couldn't articulate to myself what I was feeling. I just knew it was worth discussing given the eclectic mix of leftist hippies and leftist hippies on my feed. The meme in question was an Instagram status by Jenny Hogan. Jenny Hogan, as she describes herself on her own website, JennyHogan.com, is an NYC-based writer and stand-up comic. She's a contributor for the New York Times, the New, the New Yorker, The Atlantic, Cosmopolitan, The Observer, McSweeney's, and Vulture. So, let's get into what she said. Jenny Hogan posted on Twitter, quote, maybe people who meditate for an hour a day are happier because they live a life that allows them to meditate an hour a day. End quote. I reposted this, went to bed, and woke up to the responses that would drive me to answer in the form of a podcast. Again, I, I started to write out a response and then very quickly realized this would probably do better as a podcast script. So, anyway, given the amount of New Agers on my friends list, I expected some contention. After all, and I can say this as an extremely privileged person, 
It makes you feel shitty when people call out your privilege, especially if you've never realized it before. It makes you feel even shittier if you might have had a similar thought, but since it challenged your identity, you probably buried it. And I know this firsthand, because I have to address my own privilege quite frequently. So I know it feels crappy and you immediately get defensive, but that's not okay. That's not how we, you know, help equalize privilege for everyone else. That's, <clears throat> that's a good way to ignore your own privilege and thus you're empowering your own privilege. So it happens. I, I expected some pushback, but I didn't expect the intensity of the defense. So let's talk about these, these subjects, right? First, let's start with meditation. I am a big fan. First off, I want to make it clear, 100%, that I love meditation. I think meditation helps with a fuck ton of men mental issues, and there's massive scientific documentation to support that. This podcast takes the bold stance that meditation is a good thing and worth doing. Personally, I found meditation helps keep me calmer in com confrontations, more balanced in my approach to conflict, more at peace with myself, and a key part of my self-regulation of emotions. I've also been a Mahayana Buddhist for 10 years, so meditation is part of my faith and my philosophy. So I'm not knocking meditation. Not at all. I don't think anybody who posted this meme or reposted this meme is knocking meditation. It's pretty well accepted that meditation is an amazing way to train our mind, and we've known that since before Christ walked the earth. So nobody's arguing that point. There is a lot of spiritual, so-called spiritual things I could point out as total disproven bunk, but meditation's not one of them. From an article titled 12 Science-Based Benefits of Meditation, written by doctors Matthew Thorpe and Rachel Link, and reviewed by Dr. Marnie A. White, quote, Normal, normally mental and physical stress cause increased levels of the stress hormone cortisol. This produces many of the harmful effects of stress, such as the release of inflammatory chemicals called cytokines. These effects can disrupt sleep, promote depression and anxiety, increase blood pressure, and contribute to fatigue and cloudy thinking. In an eight-week study, a meditation style called mindfulness meditation reduced the inflammation responses caused by stress, end quote. Meditation is also great for anxiety, reducing memory loss, emotional health, and improved sleep quality. There are no downsides to meditation. So why isn't everybody doing it? And that's what we're going to get into. First off, in other countries, a lot of people are doing it. As one commenter pointed out, addi quote, additionally, since you're so politically minded, you might want to remember that other cultures, Japanese, Indian, or anywhere Buddhism or Hinduism hold sway, regard and practice forms of meditation that are available to anyone, regardless of social rank or occupation, end quote. And that's a fair comment. Well, that part of that particular comment was, but we'll get to the rest. That, that particular point is a great point. In many other countries in the world, including the indigenous communities here in America, meditation is very much a culturally accepted thing. I would venture a guess that's because these countries listed are steeped in a culture that, va that values mindfulness, meditation, and self-work. We're talking a culture that is thousands of years old, and meditation and mindfulness has been part of that growth since, again, BC times. So it's a lot easier for them in their society to normalize that and make sure that everybody is able to do that. So Jenny Hogan's post is a criticism of culture, not of the act of meditation. It's a criticism of the culture 
the original author, Jenny Hogan, lives in, the culture she exists in and therefore has the standing to comment on. She's obviously not applying this to countries that accept meditation as a necessity. It doesn't apply there. I think the context of the tweet was clear, and to imply otherwise is disingenuous at best and downright dishonest at worst. I think everybody arguing uh, on this particular tweet, particularly on the general strike post, like, it's nobody saying meditation is bad. And the people who are arguing like people are saying it is, is because they cannot acknowledge the inherent privilege that goes along with having the avail availability to do so. So we're going to take a short break, and when we get back, I'm going to talk a little bit about my experiences with meditation and the privilege that allows me to spend some time doing it versus the privileges I didn't have when I first started meditating. So, yeah, how about y'all meditate on supporting our friends at Goods and Services? So, add... Deep in the swamps of Florida. Honey, is that a new plant? He dwells, waiting. Where did those seeds come from, honey? Silently. Oh my god, what is that thing? Sending seeds and stickers across the country. Ah! And spreading solidarity. Have you lost your mind, honey? We can't move to a sustainable commune in upstate New York. What's wrong with you lately? There's no stopping him. The mighty skunk ape is on Facebook, and he's on a mission. Anarchy! No! Coming to a post office box near you, the Skunk Ape Liberation Union. just got my hours cut again how can i pay my bills yeah it sucks especially since they only pay us minimum wage but what can we do solidarity man that's right fellow workers it is i solidarity man champion of the working class and it sounds like you need a union a union that's right what power on earth is weaker than the feeble strength of one so a union makes us strong that's right alone you can do little to change your situation but together you can move mountains and the industrial workers of the world are here to help huh the IWW is a union for all workers, no matter the trade, job, or career, and we want to organize your workplace. Wow, where can we find the IWW? In your hometown. The IWW has branches all over the world. Check out IWW.org to find your local membership board, or join as an at-large member and start your own chapter. After all, our greatest superpower is working together. I must go. I hear another exploited worker calling for help. But remember, the working class and the employing class have nothing in common. Away! So, let's reframe this in America. And I'm going to draw my own experiences here. I am very much aware that my experiences are not the same as everyone else's, but it's what I know, so it's what I'm going to talk about. I began meditating in 2011, shortly after my ex-wife left me, to help myself maintain my sanity. When I was single, living in a small town with no activism scene, with no social or communal obligations, living with my mother, I meditated for like three, four hours a day. What else was there to do in a one-stop light town, you know? 
and it was helping me get through some really tough times in my life, so it was worth dedicating that time to. It was a challenge getting to that milestone, as anyone who ever meditated can tell you, it takes a lot of practice. But I did finally get to the point where I could meditate for three, four hours with the only occasional stop to use the bathroom. <laughs> but when I reconciled with my ex-wife and I moved back home, it became difficult to budget even 20 minutes for it, let alone an hour or two between raising my kids, working three jobs, keeping the house clean, and sleeping. So I did less of it. I felt my mental health, I felt my mental health slipping. But obviously, making sure my kids ate and had a house to live in was more important to me than my own mental health. I now know better. You can't pour from an empty vessel. But at the time, between crippling poverty and a toxic, abusive relationship, I didn't realize that. So I guess I'm kind of empowered by the sheer fact that I realize that now. Um, it's not easy to prioritize the time when you have other living beings counting on you to provide their sole source of income. That hour spent meditating could have paid the electric bill if I had spent it doing freelance writing or a side job. On the subject of time management, why do, quote, woke, unquote, people realize the time issue when it comes to, like, making healthy meals but won't apply it to self-maintenance? Like, they'll vigorously defend the working poor making tuna mac because they're exhausted and can't afford to cook a whole, you know, healthy meal, but they'll turn around and be like, oh, but you should spend four hours meditating every day. Find out how. Oh, you're working all the time? Well, carve out time to do it. I, I just, I don't get it. When my ex-wife and I were together, besides working three jobs, I was also the primary caregiver and homemaker to my kids, who were a toddler and a baby. That's a lot of laundry, dishes, diapers, feedings, and counseling sessions just in raising the kids, let alone the maintenance of myself, like eating, bathing, or sleeping. I worked 12 to 16 hours, six, seven days a week, and an extra six to eight if you add the domestic labor, which you should. So I was working somewhere between 16 to 20 hours a day. I was sleeping about two hours a day. Obviously, I didn't have the time or the ability or the spoons to sit down and meditate. Because if I did, I would pass out. And this isn't the first time in my life, or that wasn't the first time in my life that that would happen. To where, yeah, I would love to meditate, but my body's so physically exhausted from doing hard labor all day that the idea of sitting still means I'm going to fall asleep. There's no arguing it, right? Like, I tried. I've fallen asleep numerous times while meditating because I literally was too exhausted. So if I did, you know, have a few minutes, which was rare, to try to calm myself down, I'd play video games. You know why? Video games have a pause button. It's a lot easier to pause a game and go deal, deal with a screaming kid or a depressed partner who wants to self-harm, it's a lot easier to pause a game than pause your reach at enlightenment and then come back to it. So, like, there's, there are factors here. And your economic ability is going to be one of those factors. It's what allows you the downtime to meditate. If you're making enough money that you're not working 80 hours a week, yeah, it's easy to meditate for an hour a day. But if you're working three part-time jobs and you have two kids at home, you can't exactly just be like, I'm going to dedicate an hour a day to, to meditating. It, it doesn't work. And again, meditating is great. This is a problem with our culture. 
further, have you ever tried meditating in a very small space with six other people who are going about trying to live their own life? I mean, if you have an area where you feel safe and quiet and you can make it your own for meditating, that's awesome. More power to you. I'm happy for you. But most of us don't have that privilege. Most of us are cramped in small places with multiple other people and it's obviously a lot more difficult to be zen when your roommates are fighting or, you know, like the kids are screaming. Yeah, you can do it, but you need almost monastic levels of control to do it, and you can't get there unless you were already there. You get my drift? So just having your own space, which is also an economic thing, is also a privilege. And don't even get me started if you personally have had a history of domestic trauma in your life, okay? Like, I cannot let my guard down when people are being passive-aggressive angry at me. So that basically meant that I can meditate when they're asleep because I don't feel safe enough to let my guard down. And if you don't have to deal with those particular issues, again, I'm happy for you, more power to you, but it's a privilege. And it's one I'm very happy that you have, but acknowledge the fact that you feel secure enough to meditate in your own home and you have a space to do it, that is in fact a privilege. Another privilege is having a supportive home system. Like, consider if you only have a limited amount of time in the day and, you know, you have three hours of downtime after work, you have three hours of housework to do, well, if you have a supportive partner there who's going to do half the housework, if not all of it, you now have an hour and a half to meditate, right? Well. The thing you got to keep in mind, though, is you're doing, you're gaining that time at the expense of other elements of your life. It's a lot easier to find that time and make that time when you know the dishes will be clean at the end of the day because your partner will do them or the laundry will get done because your partner will do them while you're in your office meditating, right? So that's another privilege, just having a partner, and not just having a partner, but having a partner that supports you and is willing to help do the legwork so that you have the time to do your three hours of meditation or one hour of meditation or half hour meditation or whatever. In my life, I've seen <coughs> before where I provided that support for people so that they could do what they needed to do for their mental health, but when it came to my turn, there was no support and I was expected to continue doing everything. I learned very quickly that being able to help or accept that help from other people to keep the home going, to have that free time is a privilege and we should acknowledge that it's such. Because if you don't acknowledge that particular privilege, you're not acknowledging the domestic labor that your partner is doing and that's something as a society we need to really work on. Domestic labor is labor, okay? So again, if you're meditating an hour a day, but the dishes are stacking up in your sink and the trash is overflowing and you're going to end up getting roaches and mice, yeah, sure, you're spiritually happy or whatever, but you know, you're going to die from rabies or something, like you're doing it at the expense of the actual quality of life. 
Anyway, another form of privilege. How did you how did you find out about meditation? Perhaps it was a therapist, a spiritual advisor, a teacher, or a counselor. Maybe you read about it on the internet. Let's take a second to consider the social and economic privileges that would potentially introduce one to mental discipline. A therapist is something woefully few can afford in late-stage capitalist America. A spiritual advisor is a roll of the dice whether or not they embrace, let alone acknowledge, the benefits of meditation. And the likelihood of a teacher or school counselor suggesting meditation is going to be dependent on their caseload. As for the internet, yeah, it should be a human right, free and accessible for all, but in reality, it's not. Even the realization that benefits of meditation can be a form of privilege. Now let's talk about irony. The same mental disorders that meditation helps also can be a barrier to it in the first place. It took me a long time to even be comfortable sitting still between my mania and my ADD. Like, I'd have literal physical tics. My leg would be jumping while I tried to sit there and hold, just hold my mind still. My mind was in control, my body wasn't. That's not the case anymore, but when the first couple years I meditated, that was always an issue. And while medit meditating helps depression in most cases, when you lose the desire to do anything, it kind of makes the point moot. If you don't want to be alive, you don't usually want to improve your own mental state, speaking from my own experience. And having the material resources available to cope with these mental issues to a point where meditation is available and useful is often directly tied to privilege. If you're able to get, you know, medication for your ADD, yeah, you're able to focus and start using meditation as a therapeutic tool. If you're, you know, able to get enough sleep, that helps you focus and it helps as a meditation tool. But again, these things are privilege, all right, at least in America. We don't have universal health care. We're all working all the time. This is, it's a privilege to be able to even start meditating or even learn about meditating. So let's go back to that uh, first comment that we started off. Quote, the notion that it is a wasteful disassociative practice of the leisure class is incredibly ignorant, very Western and colonial, and is clearly premised solely on the likes of rich people who try to make money off of culturally appropriated materials. Most people who meditate, either in the U.S. or in other countries, are in fact the working poor. Yes, they do it to cope, but they also do it because many studies show it helps people live more stable and happier lives, without drugs. Get to know the world around you before making these kinds of petty imperial, imperialist generalist statements. End quote. Okay, so first off, I didn't make any statement. Uh, a side-eye emoji is not a statement. Uh, I didn't endorse that statement or decry it because I wanted to discuss it. But the vehemence and the like, personal, the attempt to make it personal with that last line did kind of make me angry because I've been doing this for a while. Um, I share things in the past that I don't agree with just so I can discuss it with my network, make fun of it, or just make others aware of it. I've explicitly said a few times that I am a very wordy guy and I know how to express myself. I don't need others putting words in my mouth nor assigning me intentions that I didn't explicitly you know, say. So that's a big reason I, I wrote this script. <coughs> Further, a previous comment demonstrated the privileged, I grew up poor, so I don't see white privilege attitude. Quote, uh, I have meditated for 30 years, most of the time with two to three suck-ass jobs that paid me nothing, and I had to schedule around. There is nothing leisurely about meditation, which those of us who do it know. In fact, it's often an unpleasant, if an enlightening experience. 
Its value is under understood over time. It's a cheap to it's a cheap to criticize stuff no one knows little about or hasn't tried. Again, I it's not that I'm unfamiliar with meditation. I've been doing it for a decade now, right? I I it bears mentioning too that the person who commented this, you know, is somebody who does quote unquote spiritual work professionally. So like I find it really entertaining that it's somebody talking about colonialization and uh, cultural appropriation when they're actively engaging in it. So if you can't see your privilege when you're actively engaging in cultural appropriation and building your brand of religion, then I don't expect you to have a good view on really anything when it comes to colonialism. That's pretty clear if you can't even practice a religion with honor and respect then you clearly don't even know what colonialism is so but more importantly again i i'm not unfamiliar with meditation i don't think jenny hogan is unfamiliar with meditation everybody knows what meditation is we all know it's beneficial but that doesn't mean we all have the same 24 hours in a day bullshit okay so do it you know don't judge other people about it which is something else that is would kind of cause this episode to come up because i did have some people in my own personal life judging me and how i went about my own emotional practices and it came off very uh christian evangelical oh well yeah you're praying but you're not praying the right way or you're not praying enough or you're not praying to the right saint look evangelicalism is not tied just to christianity you know if you're tied to dogma and you feel that that dogma is the only dogma then you're an evangelical and i'm really not a fan of those that's a really colonial mindset no matter what religion you are yeah i digress that's that's a side thing um so yeah i this isn't my first rodeo i kind of know what's going on and you know, I was, you know, slightly insulted that it was, oh, you don't meditate. Like, yes, I do. Everybody meditates. But anyway, so I've been meditating for 10 years. It's been a struggle to get here. I am able to meditate now for lengths of time because I've managed to get to a point where I can utilize a lot of the privilege that I'm talking about. And that's the important thing for this episode is meditation is great meditation is awesome strive to do it every day for as long and as often as you can but also acknowledge that not everybody is going to be able to sit down and meditate for an hour a day when i was looking through the comments on that general strike post somebody pointed out that yes meditating for like you know large chunks of the day is pretty cool and but it's full of privilege to be able to do that and even when you look at like buddhist monks who that's what they spend their you know majority of their day doing they will tell you how grateful they are to be in a situation where they can spend that much time meditating and i think the people that jenny hogan was talking about or at least that i'm talking about are the people who have that same privilege but won't acknowledge it and won't be grateful for it because 
you should be. That's like one of the first things about spirituality. You should be grateful. And you should acknowledge that you are lucky to be able to spend any time meditating. And it doesn't make everybody else less because you're able to spend hours meditating and everybody else can spend 20 minutes or something. So stop acting like it. That's the type of divisive stuff that destroys the community, and that's not what we're here for, you know? I'd also like to uh, remind people that tweets have authors, usually. You can go find the authors and ask them for clarification, just as you can ask the people who repost it for clarification, rather than projecting your own insecurities and bad feelings about your privilege onto other people. Like, that's not how we address privilege, and that's not how we address our own feelings, okay? I also want to talk about the push and pull between community and personal growth. We all must grow within ourselves to help grow the community, but the flip side is we can't do it to the detriment of our surroundings. Spiritual work is important, especially addressing trauma, but if you only do that and don't spend a significant amount of time helping your community in other ways or allow your relationships to deteriorate because you're using meditation as avoidance, then I think it's kind of selfish. Honestly, it's a big difference between the two main schools of Buddhism. One school believes enlightenment can be obtained by oneself. My school, or the school I belong to, believes that until we are all enlightened, none of us are. Now substitute enlightenment for freedom, equality, liberty, well, you get my point. Eugene Debs famously said, quote, as long as there is a soul in prison, I am not free, end quote. And that goes for the prison of the mind as well. But if you're only concerned about your own spiritual liberation at the expense of everyone else, I got no time for you. We as a community won't evolve without spiritual growth. We need to figure out, uh, we need to figure out as a whole how to normalize things like meditation, emotional health, and shadow work, and more importantly, form a culture where these things are accessible to all. But if we continue to ignore our own privileges and shame those who don't have the means and access to such practices by pretending we all have the same 24 hours and thoughts like it, we do ourselves a disservice in this goal. Because mindfulness will only get us so far, just as theory will only get us so far. Action is what gets results. Meditation is action in a way, the same way that cleaning a gun is an action. But to continue with that simile, if you never shoot your gun, then the action is meaningless. I mean, sure, you got a clean gun, but why? Why even have a gun if you don't intend to use it when it becomes necessary? The same goes for any type of spiritual emotional work. If you claim to do the work, it needs to show up in your daily life and not as a facade for showing up. You need to be actively applying these things, not using meditation as a way to avoid everything that's going on. So yeah, now that I've surely pissed off a significant handful of people, uh, let's, let's go ahead and wrap this up. So uh, to the people who skipped to the very end, Here's a, here's a quick wrap. Number one, meditation is awesome, has a lot of health benefits, and you should do it as often as you can. Number two, I also understand and acknowledge that not all of us have the same access to time, knowledge, and ability to dedicate to it, and to imply otherwise is detrimental to everyone's spiritual growth. Three, spiritual growth without applying it in your interpersonal relationships is selfish. And four, all these statements can be simultaneously true. Just because there's privilege 
involved in being able to meditate all day does not mean we think meditation is bad. It means we want to look at the society that makes it where being able to meditate for that long is a privilege and change those material conditions so that everybody has equal access to these practices to help us make us all feel better. Okay, well, that went longer than I expected it to, but uh, yeah, this is Red Leg Revolution, a show about community. You can find us on social media at Red Leg Revolution, on Facebook, YouTube, most of them were Red Leg Pod on Twitter, and uh, I just set up a Patreon, uh, so if you want to get in on the ground floor of that and get the first round bonuses, check it out, Red Leg Revolution. So, yeah, that's the episode. Our only hope is each other. I'm going to go meditate.